0: Welcome to the 60s Reboot Podcast, a proud member of the Electronic Media Collective. This is the collective at Collective.com. The 60s Reboot Podcast is produced by Matt D and can be found at 60sreboot.blogspot.com. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or subscribe to the RSS feed. You can also me on Twitter at 60sreboot2. Plus, you can email the show at 60sreboot at gmail.com. Okay. Now, the rules for the show, we take a look at a classic 60s television show and recast it for today's audiences. The actors and actresses we choose must be living and working in the TV industry. Now that you know the premise of our show, let's go ahead and start things off. Hey folks, today we have a special guest, a podcaster, a teacher, a cartoonist, a puppet enthusiast, from the Grawlix podcast, Jesse Kiefer. Hey. Hi. (laughs) Hey Jesse. Thanks for joining me today. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, it's been a wild day, but I'm glad to be here i I'm, I'm glad you could be here um, so you're you have your own podcast with uh, two other people who um, i've had I've had your co-host on my show before. Is there anything you'd like to tell uh, my audience about your uh, your show?
1: basically the grocs podcast is a comic book related podcast um, the, the idea behind it when we got started was um, that it needed to be a clean language show because I'm an elementary art teacher. And uh, so in comics, once the uh, Comics Code Authority uh, got involved, they uh, they really clamped down on language and violence in comics. And so one of the one of the things that they would use in comic books to make sure that we weren't uh, stepping over the line in terms of language was the Grawlix, which was a series of symbols that you'd put in place of uh, the actual swear word, so that's one way that they were able to subvert the comics code uh, and get away with some some uh characters that were maybe would maybe normally use choice language in an era that wasn't going to accept that uh so yeah, anytime that uh blue blue language comes out on our show we we it and uh, and then we carry on so that's why it's called the Growlix podcast uh and uh we named it after that uh after that a device and uh, nobody knows what it is so it wasn't it wasn't very clever marketing but
0: <laughs> that's why we named it that well i think it's a really cool name for a podcast and um being an individual who's read comic books most of my life i i love the growlicks especially when you get words like dollar sign pound sign yes i'm that old it's not a hashtag anymore.
1: yeah it was a pound yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> again thanks thanks for joining me um so, when, uh, when we discussed about having you on, uh, you had picked out a classic 60s television show. Uh, and, of course, the show that you picked was The Green Hornet. Yes. So, wh- why exactly The Green Hornet? What what jazzed you turned you on well, to The Green Hornet?
1: Basically boils down to two words.
0: Bruce <laughs> <I>, Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What, who, who's Bruce Bruce, Bruce Lee <laughs> Bruce Lee yeah the the most easily butchered name of all time <laughs> uh yeah yeah I'm a I, I'm a martial artist I've been doing martial arts for over 25 years and so uh yeah he's kind of a big deal to me <laughs> uh and uh also I remember you know, like I I I remember when uh they showed up on Batman 66. Uh I re- w- when they did the crossover episode uh with Bat, you know, Batman and Robin meet G- the Green Hornet and Kato and uh and then also, like, knowing or finding out, because I don't think I actually knew at that time that that's who that was, that, that Bruce Lee is Cato. But I remember that episode thinking, oh, this is cool. There's another, like, another batch of legitimate crime fighters just like Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> you know, real hard knocks boys, you know? like <laughs> can really mix it up. Totally, totally. So, uh, like, that was a really iconic episode. Uh, And then, you know, as I got older and found out more about Bruce Lee and his involvement in that show, you know, I kind of went back and and, uh, started to appreciate, you know, even more what Bruce brought to that show. Because, you know, like, even watching just a couple of episodes, you kind of notice early on uh, that when when it comes to fisticuffs uh, someone's doing most of the heavy lifting in this show.
0: Totally. Totally. Um, you know, and honestly, uh, it was Batman 66 that introduced me to the Green Hornet as well. Um, and of course at the time I had asked my father who was the one that introduced me in comic books. And I go, Hey dad, who's, who's this guy? And of course he's like, Oh, well that's, you know, that's the Green Hornet and that's Kato. And then, um, he actually told me about the old pulp characters and, uh, and then, as I got like you, as I got older, I got interested in, uh, in in the Cato character and Bruce Lee. And then I saw some really cool movies like um, uh, End of the Dragon* and *Fist of Fury*. So, yeah, I totally know exactly where you're coming from. And uh, I gotta say, it was it was neat to see um, someone of um, his caliber uh, play a, a role in in. In a comic book
1: series and he had he had this kind of uh, style of fighting that like obviously he adapted his own style of fighting like for actual you know for actual encounters but uh he he almost created um some of the dramatic martial arts cinema that we that we 've seen on the screen since you know i mean obviously it 's evolved a lot since the sixties. But he kind of set the groundwork because he was so fast that he had to kind of uh, like overemphasize some of his uh, striking ability. You know, like he would have to stop and hold it there because a lot of times, or at least at least the rumor or the urban legend is that he was too fast for the film. <laughs> you, you,
0: you, would, you, you would say that he probably kicked open the door to martial arts. films. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. <laughs> It really punched things up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Let's go ahead and uh, intro the uh, the Green the Green Hornet TV series. Green Hornet is an American television series that aired on the ABC television network from September 9, 1966 to March 17, 1967. It lasted a total of 26 episodes. After its cancellation, it was repeated until July 14, 1967 on ABC and then made its way to syndication during the 70s and 80s. Playboy bachelor and media mobile Britt Reid is the owner and publisher of the Daily since newspaper. But as the masked vigilante Green Hornet, he fights crime with the assistance of his martial arts expert Kato, Britt's crime-fighting partner, and his weapons-enhanced car, the Black Beauty, assisted him in, on these daring adventures. On police records, the Green Hornet is a wanted criminal, but in reality, the Green Hornet is masquerading as a criminal so that he infiltrate and battle criminal gangs, leaving them and the incriminating evidence for the police to to find. Beyond Cato, Britt's dual identity is known only to his secretary, Lenore Casey Case, and district attorney, Brink P. Scanlon. Scanlan, Britt's motive for fighting crime is that his father had died in prison after having been framed for a crime he did not commit. Sort of similar to today's TV show, The Flash. Dun, dun, dun. A little <laughs> bit. Kato, the man with the fists of fury, working for a big boss like the Green Hornet, pretty much stole the show with his stunts in martial arts. In fact, overseas, the show was marked as Kato. Aside from the TV show, there was a movie reboot in 2011 starring Seth Rogen and Jay Chow. But that was the 60s. That was like the 2000s. So we'll save that for another time. (laughs) So let's go ahead and uh, take a look at our cast. All right, so the Green Hornet, Britt Reid, was played by Van Williams. Doesn't make sense.
1: You mean the why?
0: I mean the how. 20 people witnessed a shooting, including the district attorney. And not one of them heard a shot or saw a gun flash. Van portrays the playboy, Britt Reid, was a straight shooter and by-the-book businessman. But while his Green Hornet was tough on crime and was acting at being a criminal. Man, that all came out wrong. (laughs) <laughs> all right, Jesse, so uh, who did you pick for our, uh, our titular character, the Green Hornet?
1: Okay, so my uh, my picks are—I I, kind of went back and forth on how I wanted to structure the show because there's a little show that happened not all that long ago that had some major outcry called uh, Iron Fist. mm Yes. <laughs> and uh one one of the one of the major things that people had a problem with in in a modern version of Iron Fist is that uh they had the opportunity to maybe undo some whitewashing and uh and cast someone of you know Asian descent in in the uh the primary role. And uh and so part of me really wanted to do that with this, you know, like um Instead of making Cato the the driver for the Green Hornet, make uh, make Britt um, maybe you know maybe put him in the lead, um, but I decided not to do that because I don't know Cato, Cato being the 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 driving force of combat. Um, it is kind of a cornerstone of the green Hornet. And I think it's because of the (laughs) '60s series that, that it is that, you know, like, um, part, so part of me was thinking, Oh man, I can't, I can't recast Bruce Lee. I can't do it. (laughs) Right. So maybe I should just make Bruce Lee Brit, but that, that just felt weird too. Um, so basically after I, after I muddled through all of that and, and decided to just go straight classic with it and, and let, let people be outraged. Um, I decided that I needed somebody that uh, could have those smoldering eyes through the uh, through the domino mask because I think that's as far as Britt is concerned, that's pretty much what he did: <laughs> <laughs> is the classic stare down and then have some chemistry with the leading lady uh, in in whatever episode it was. And so I I decided to go with um, <laughs> we're gonna go CW right off the bat. Uh, I went. I decided I'm going to go with Ian Summerholder for Brit, uh, partly because in the early uh, oh, and Ian Summerholder, he is most notably known for the Vampire Diaries. Okay, yeah, he's kind of the, the dark and steamy uh, bad boy brother of of the of the Salvatore vampires, uh, and so so I thought, okay, especially in those early seasons. Uh, he did a pretty good job of of making Damon like a little m- bit more dangerous and a little bit more uh almost scary and so I thought you know if he could if he could capture that if he could summon that up um he could make a green hornet that was kind of believable as a criminal since that's kind of what he's up to is is he's not really a he's not re- he's a good guy that's pretending to be a bad guy and I thought who better to do that than Damon Salvatore well, or Ian Salvatore wow i i
0: really, I really <laughs> like that i, I like that um, you know I, I i was i was thinking something similar you know you need somebody that can can wear the mask and have a have a good mm, a good look cuz I, I mean all greenhorn really did was was shoot a shoot a gun and uh, you know he got all the lines he got all the the, the ladies but then Cato was like quiet I mean, I spent I wound up watching like maybe uh, six or seven episodes, and like, Cato has like maybe two lines in those six or seven episodes, but yet you know the Green Hornet talked the entire time. So basically, you just need like a talking head with uh, who could wear a green mask and shoot a gun. Um, yeah, so right. The first thing I could think of was uh, was an old USA television show. Now it's really not really old, but um, uh, you ever hear heard of Burn Notice?
1: I've heard of it, but I didn't really watch a lot of it.
0: Okay, well, the, the main guy in there's named Jeffrey Donovan, and he was he was the uh, the assassin guy, and, and he kind of has that same facial structure as as Van Williams did back in when he played uh, Britt Reed. So, I, for my pick, I went with with Jeffrey Donovan.
1: Oh yeah, he's got the yeah that facial structure. He's got kind of the long, long face with the semi square jaw. Yeah, he's got the look definitely.
0: Definitely. Um, so yeah, that was my Cato, and you know, and Jeffrey Donovan is a little bit older. So I, I felt as though you know, uh, Britt Reed being a businessman, you know, publisher, you know, like a J. Jonah Jameson, he had to be a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and for all looking non-comic book people, J. Jonah Jameson is actually Peter Parker's boss as a, uh, the Daily Bugle.
1: That's right. Now go out there and get me some pictures
0: of Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, so after Britt Reed and the Green Hornet, we now have the uh, the driver, the what was it? Not a butler.
1: Yeah, I don't know, uh, like a valet, basically. Valet—that's the
0: word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, so, the the driver, the valet, the uh, the, the man of action, Kato, as played by Bruce Lee. Renner. Dead. You know what this means, Kato? Dan Carly knows about the gun. He was the man that did all his own stunts. He was a great martial artist, and he is the grandfather of all action movies. The best. Was the Green Hornet and Batman crossover when Burt Ward was scared to do a fighting scene with Bruce Lee? That's how much action the man brought to the screen.
1: Well, it didn't hurt that he uh, he had to lose that fight. In a sense, I mean, like nobody really lost because in the end they're you know they're friends. But like <laughs> Robin had to best Kato. I don't think Bruce <laughs> was fond of that, and I think that's why I think that's why Burt Ward was so. Like, I, I I can't remember, but it, it seemed like uh, he took off, like he he left the set. This <laughs> was like ran away. <laughs> I I'm out of here. There's some. I mean, like urban legend is you know kind of takes over.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd say um for all of my all all of you listeners out there, if you want to see a now I don't know Jesse's opinion on this film. Um, okay. But if you're if you're a Bruce Lee fan and there's the the biopic docudrama, um, the Bruce Lee film with Jason Scott Lee—I suddenly it's, it's escaping my name or escaping my—it's my,
1: just, my just called Dragon.
0: Dragon, yes, that's it. Um, yeah. So aside from some fictional stuff, without throughout Dragon, there's some pretty pretty interesting history in, in the movie Dragon about Bruce Lee. And then of course we could talk about the whole plethora of his martial arts film uh, films, because you know. As we said at the beginning, you know he's, he was he was the grandfather, the uh, the man who kicked in the uh, the martial arts action films here in the in the U.S. and uh, uh, Fist of Fury being his first one, which was originally titled um, uh, The Big, Big Boss. Boss. Yeah, I love that movie.
1: Uh, it has a great soundtrack. Uh, I guess there's some. I don't know how how like absolutely true to life events it is on on all accounts. I think they definitely. Um, they definitely made the love story pivotal kind of thing. And then they kind of gloss over his death, <laughs> make <laughs> it a little more that. supernatural and a little less <laughs> shady. Yeah.
0: yeah let's, 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 throw some demons in there and a cool fight sequence and
1: make it all about family. And there we go. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So for my pick for Kato, um, so I wanted to go with, with a, a cool action star, someone that, kind of newer you know um younger and uh the 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 guy i went with is a guy named john Fu. he's actually in the tv show rush hour and uh i think he he definitely has the the talent and the um the style to to play a kato now back in 2011 they had a reboot and i was originally going to pick the same guy that they did in the in the movie but i'm like i can't because somebody else already did it so right but uh you know, I watched a, a few scenes of, of Rush Hour and I felt as though, you know, John Fu could definitely do it. Cause, I mean, it, yeah, Rush Hour is based off of a um, a film with Jackie Chan. But, you know, I think we can we can handle a payout to a TV show, which is a reboot of a movie. Yeah, for sure.
1: Oh, so, yeah. Jay Chow. I, I actually he was on my uh, he was on my list too. Uh same reason. I was like, oh, that's a little too on the nose. But my my see. other pick is not any less on the nose. Uh, I went ahead and, and chose someone that played Bruce Lee. Uh, <laughs> in uh, it, well, it's funny because uh, like in the Green Hornet, the '60s era, it's uh, you have you have a Cantonese man, a Chinese Chinese man, playing Kato, who is uh, who's Japanese. That's a Japanese name. <laughs> 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 so i mean yeah uh i'm not certain that uh this individual is actually i think this individual is actually korean uh Phil, philip and I, there's no way i can say his last name but it's spelled ng so i don't i have no idea how how you pronounce that um but he played bruce in uh birth of the dragon which is a, a movie about uh his fight with uh, wong jack man in the movie in in Dragon, which we which we referenced earlier, it's that scene where they have the kind of underground fight for you can't you know who you can and cannot train, and it's the one that uh, that left Bruce in traction. Oh, okay. Really, really hurt. So, it's a movie that's kind of centered around that that particular fight.
0: Cool. That sounds interesting. I'll have to check that out
1: and basically i chose him because of the look you know he looks like bruce he he has the ability to move pretty much like bruce but without being like a clone of bruce so i don't know i, I would he was the hardest one for me to cast and when i was going to flip it i almost went with ian Summerholder as Cato. Uh, or you know, or, or Kyle, or whatever we were going to call the the whitewashed version of Cato, uh, because the thing that I really liked about Bruce's portrayal of Cato, especially like in that first episode, um, which is called the Silent Gun, he he just walks in and he just kind of has a swagger about him, uh, and that's what I kind of wanted to capture in in, <laughs> in a character that could play him is is just like. He only talked when he felt like it, and then um, when the other guys were out there, you know, like, um, talking about whatever was going on, he would just, like, lay back and get super relaxed on all <laughs> this crazy 60s furniture that's still kind of got a mob noir look to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to look, find somebody that could capture that swagger. But in 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 light of that, I went with basically somebody that
0: looks like him <laughs> and could <laughs> do his stuff. So. Awesome. Is there anything else you wanna you want to um, expand upon, Bruce Lee or Cato? Um,
1: not really. Not really here. Um, other than it's it's kind of a shame. Like this is one of those jobs, or at least it feels like this is one of those jobs that he w- that he took um, while he was trying to break into Hollywood. Like he really was really was trying to break into Hollywood for a long time, and you know uh, Hollywood just didn't seem to give him a chance beyond little bits on television and so we were kind of lucky to even get this um i think it was was it long street that he has a few he has a few episodes of long street in the same era um he was supposed to be really involved in the creation of kung fu which david carradine that's the that's the series that really launched him uh but then that never really came to fruition yeah Uh, but then after that you know we were lucky enough that he went he went back to China and then, or Hong Kong, and really started to take off at that point. So I guess we wouldn't get the Bruce Lee that we have today if uh, if he wasn't kind of struggling in
0: Hollywood. Yeah. After Cato, helping out the Green Hornet and knowing his secret identity, was Brit's secretary, Lenore Case, as played by Wendy Wagner. Thanks, Miss Case. Have you read this?
1: Well, I glanced at the proofs. Is something wrong?
0: Who did you pick for uh for Lenore case? Okay, so
1: I went with Kristen Bell, because I wanted somebody that was kind of um plucky, <laughs> you know, like kind of plucky and fun. Uh, and I just I just thought, you know, you really want to have somebody kind of dark and broody for <laughs> for the green hornet and that's why I kind of went with Ian Summerholder but I thought oh god it would be fun to to play, pit that and play that up against someone that's just kind of bubbly and and just has this strange dry comedic timing and that that just for me that was Kristen Bell and uh for most people right now you'd know her from The Good Place and then before that uh
0: Veronica Mars so I think this is a um a first um,
1: oh <laughs> oh did yeah. we both pick the same character we, we both picked
0: Kristen Bell <laughs>
1: uh, great minds, sir great minds <laughs> yeah
0: i i honestly I, I I can't say any more than what you've already said um you know <laughs> she's definitely got the bubbly personality I mean you know kind of a hard nose and and yeah, she's just a really good comedian to kind of throw into that kind of kind of set. Of uh, or, or archetype kind of storylines, um, so yeah, I totally, totally picked the same, the same character.
1: Uh, well, and she's, she's also uh, she's also a Disney princess, so really, uh, I don't know who better who better than a Disney princess,
0: really. Exactly. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> well, that was that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. After. Brit's secretary, we have the other the other person who knows the Green Hornet's alter ego, and that is D.A. Frank Scanlon, as played by Walter Brooke.
1: It's Scanlon. Is the scrambler on? Yes.
0: Yes, Frank. Right. I have to see you, Brit. Something just came up on the banister case. Good. I've got the coroner's report here. The slug they took out of the victim is 17 caliber. 17? I never heard of such a gun. Nobody has it until now. How soon can you see me? Make it a half hour. I'll be there. Scanlon was hard on crime and, and was friends with Britt Reed, and he knew that the Hornet was on the side of the Angels. And, you know, it's interesting because if, say, the Attorney General or somebody found out that the DA was working with a known criminal like the Green Hornet, there would be, like, such a lawsuit how right. many you know how many uh, criminals would go free um, it, it's definitely uh, kind of funny how they they needed a character like Commissioner Gordon to be the the informant for the main right. uh, the main hero in the series well
1: and interestingly um, i think in I think I read this in maybe it was the Wikipedia page or something that in the original series in in the pulp series that uh that this tv show is based off of i think it was a the police commissioner wasn't it and then batman 66 they had commissioner gordon so they couldn't go that route
0: yeah i I read i came across that too when it in my in in the research for this and you know there's one thing that i i I forgot to mention to our our listeners is that the green hornet and batman 66 were both produced by william dozier and uh if you go back and you watch both TV shows, you'll notice that the narrator for both of them is the exact same voice. That is William Dozier.
1: They definitely have a similar they definitely have a similar visual, but you could also tell that they're like trying not to be the same show.
0: <laughs> right, right. Definitely since I mean, if you think about it, Batman sixty six they had um, they had the zany, wacky, colorful Rogues Gallery. Whereas, mm-hmm. because the Green Hornet was based off of a uh, a pulp series in the '30s, which I need to go back and fact check, but I'm pretty sure the Green Hornet is a little bit older than, than Superman. Um, oh, so it could be. I think I think he premiered in like '36, uh, whereas Superman pre- premiered in '38. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a, a, a much a more darker show, I would think, because it was a, he had that pulp um, background. Of uh, the, the classic noir TV series or classic noir um, radio program. All right, so back to the DA. So for my pick, now the DA was was someone older, um, someone that had, had his nose on or his finger on crime, trying to get everyone put behind bars. And uh, the, the guy that I I could immediately think of who was who was definitely had like a hard look to him and was probably in the right age group was the actor Sean Pertwee from um, oh. Batman's Gotham. And uh, just a, a quick shout out to all of my... Because I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, Sean per- Pertwee is the the son of John Pertwee, the third Doctor. And uh, I'm probably going off on a tangent here, but uh, and he's actually turning 100 this year. Uh, I'll be no longer with wow. us, but yeah, John per- John Perry would have been 100 this year. Oh,
1: that's bonkers! <laughs> yeah, I know that's bonkers. Yeah, I remember watching him on on uh, PBS when I was when I was little. His classic uh, battles against the Master were yes. some of my favorites.
0: And and he he knew Venusian kung fu.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, which had I'm Cato known the, that those those hip cats on Venus have a martial arts that could that could come even close to Cato's abilities.
0: So, all right, so that was my uh DA. Um who did you pick, Jesse? Okay. Well,
1: everybody that I've kind of chosen with the exception of maybe uh the Cato role. Ha- you know, like, I, I think that they could play it kind of dark, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for and, and shooting for. But just like a CW show, I don't know why I'm thinking this is going to go to the CW. Uh, probably because Arrow is, is going to wrap up next season, and they're going to need something kind of like Arrow. And I feel like you could really start a Green Hornet series uh Very much like Arrow, where it starts out super gritty and then slowly just dissolves into camp. And everyone I've chosen, (laughs) uh, with the possible exception of my Cato pick, could do this. And if we're going to dissolve into camp, then I want John C. McKinley (laughs) as my DA. (laughs) I want somebody that's just going to take the Green Hornet to task once in a while. Uh, well, and, Bob, and I wouldn't say people, I am missing work. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, for those people that don't know who John C. McKinley is, you, you missed you missed some of the greatest television ever because he was well known as Doctor Cox from Scrubs, and uh, he takes everyone to task in that show. Uh, also, he is the lead in I think his current show is uh, Stand Against Evil, which is it's interesting. It's kind of like a like a Bruce Campbell-esque type of scenario where it's the retired sheriff uh, doing battle against forces of evil. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. get the black beauty
0: ready to roll. And now for a commercial break.
1: Oh, yeah. Here we go. Peanuts. Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, microphone... Wait, microphones? Aw, oh, man, this isn't Wrigley Field. This is somebody else's podcast. Again! <sighs> hey, guys and gals. This is uh, Jesse from com, And, uh, well, my co-host and I, we we travel through space and time using this this Blinkatron here. But the problem is that it it doesn't always work, at least not the way it's supposed to. And uh, we sometimes we wind up in the wrong place, you know, like an awkward family reunion or a bar mitzvah or, well, somebody else's podcast. But, uh, you know, since I'm here, uh, let me tell you about our podcast. So when we are not blinking all over the universe, uh, Randy, Melanie, and I, we review comic books, movies, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. And every month we review a comic, a comic collection, or a graphic novel that the listeners choose. Uh, they do that on our poll list, which you can find at our website, which is Grollixpodcast.com. So if any of that sounds good to you, well uh, why not head on over to our to our site? That's Grolix spelled G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast dot com. And uh, you know, check out our archives, see if there's something in there that sounds good to you. Now, where did I get lost? Huh. Maybe I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. Hey,
0: this is Jerry. You uh, you ever want to make your own podcast? Don't know where to start? Don't know how to get any, anywhere on it? Totally lost in the dark. Like you want to make a podcast with this epic craziness with dragons and fireballs and Daenerys and... Oh, wait, that's Game of Thrones. Never mind. So you want to have an epic, crazy podcast? Check out podedit.com. Randall Sylvie will help you out. Number one guy out there who can help you edit a podcast, get you started. Good rates. Podedit.com. Check it out. He gets Jerry's seal of approval. And now back to the show. So rounding out the heroes we have is the crime reporter for the Daily Sentinel, um, Max Axford, as played by Lloyd Goff. Mike Axford? The same. You got the money? Right here. 2,000 good ones. Talk now, pay later. What? The Green Hornet! What are you think? <laughs> Take it easy, miss. We won't hurt you. What's <laughs> always funny is that uh, Mike would always run into the Green Hornet, and in the series, the Green Hornet would knock him out with his knockout gas. Mike would always say, Oh, we got We got to get the green Hornet. He's an evil guy. He, you know, he, he, he was there when, when, when the steel was going down. So he was involved. He's a bad guy. And you'd always try to tie the green Hornet into, into stories he was writing because he was the crime reporter. It's uh, your turn to pick. So I, I kind of get the, uh,
1: you know, yeah, partly because he's constantly getting knocked out and he's like super overzealous, you know, like, um, initially I wanted it again. I, I kept going back to the green hornet movie. Um, from the 2000s and uh and I, I i almost wanted to go with seth uh oh now his last name's gonna escape me uh seth rogan i almost went with seth rogan for that but it's but isn't the premise that we've got to use somebody that's acting in tv
0: yeah yeah
1: okay so so i i did uh i did a quick about face on that because it's like oh now nah, he's i don't think he's in tv i think he's basically a movie star so in instead of seth rogan uh, my pick was James Roday. I, I don't know if oh, I'm saying that name right, Psyche. but yeah, from Sykes. So Sean Spencer himself, somebody that could be a little bit, a little bit extra in their their overzealousness. Again, feeding into that camp factor that that I think uh, this show would eventually have to exhibit. And I just, he's a delight. I I, uh, I hope they make a, a thousand psych movies. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> totally. I, I want that man working
0: <laughs> yes yes i i psych was such a great show yeah and yeah i totally totally on on board with you on that
1: it's like uh, a manic a spastic but somehow like directed I, I don't know like he sells the he sells that whole adhd as an adult thing like <laughs> that, that uh arrested development in action but also you know He's got it. It's funny that he's he's got this ability to see the minutia, but then in his own life, he's kind of a train wreck. And he played that so perfectly. So I, I, that's kind of what I envisioned. It might be kind of a he, he'd have to take a pay cut <laughs> going from the leading man to just being somebody that works at uh, Ian Summerholder's <laughs> media outlet. But, but. Oh, man, I could see him like pitching some crazy social media thing for the for the newspaper or whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm totally on board with your with your uh, Mike Axford. Um, mine, I, I went older because Mike in the in the series, the original '66 series, he was um you know he was a, he was a, a carryover from um, Brit's dad's time at the uh, at the at the Sentinel. So he was kind of like that uh, that that older journalist. Who um you know went out there on and, and did it the old way, you know. You right. Choose to the grindstone, nose to the nose to the wall kind of thing. Um <laughs> my metaphors there. <laughs> <laughs> um so what I did is I went with a, an actor who's a little older, actually he's a lot older. I went with a guy named Creed Britton or Betton. I think it's Britton. He was uh he uh, played Creed in the office. Oh, okay if listeners out there, uh, ever watched on uh, Netflix, the office, um, you might remember Creed as the guy who was always swindling everybody at, in the office. And he had that, um, he had that look and that, that ability just kind of like, kind of be a little jerky. So yeah, I think he'd be, he could.
1: he be a fun newsman. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think he could be the, the news guy, the, the crime reporter for, uh, for the daily sentinel that rounds out the main characters now each week the uh, hornet would go up against a new crime boss but it wasn't against a supervillain like batman 66 um he would go up against you know average run-of-the-mill kind of crime crime guys like mm, uh like your, your al capone style uh criminals because again everything was based from the the classic pulp style adventures from the 30s and, and 40s so you know we didn't we didn't run into into villains like the Joker or Penguin. So, uh, what I did is I I grabbed two characters from the original uh, series of the Green Hornet. And uh, the first one I picked was a woman named Sabrina Bradley. And she was the publisher for a rival newspaper and dead set on taking down the Sentinel by any means necessary. And she was played by Joanne Drew. Hello, Sabrina. You look absolutely lovely this morning. Sit down, Felix. Mister Neal is giving a party at his home tomorrow night. Not another one, Uh, Felix. If your work bores you, perhaps I should start looking for
1: a new society columnist.
0: <laughs> Were you cool with the um the criminals that I picked out? Or oh yeah. Was there anyone else I, you wanted? Otherwise, to I
1: don't know how. Yeah, those two seemed like a, a good opportunity to pit someone against each of the the two leads, so okay, I don't cool. know who else you would have chose, so this is perfect. Well,
0: after watching The Silent the silent Gun, I think I, I sent you a text saying, hey, did you see that uh, Al Trump?
1: Yeah, yeah, but it was like, hmm, who do, who do we get to play that? Hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> a certain actor known for a reality show, if, if you can call him an actor, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I don't know. He's doing a lot of acting right
1: now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is not a political show. Um, no, no. All right, so Sabrina Bradley. Um, now, Sabrina Bradley was you know, a newspaper publisher. She's a rival to Brit Reed. I was thinking that she was going to be somebody who acted like, um, like a, a take-no-prisoners publisher, and she could walk into the room and be the smartest person in the room kind of thing. Right. Um, and the person that I went with was uh, Stana Kaddick. And she was in the TV show Castle with Nathan Fillion. Um, she played okay. like the love interest kind of thing. Uh, her name was uh, Kate Beckett. And she, I didn't see a whole lot of episodes of Castle, but she just kind of has that look of being someone that could portray a um, counter to uh, Brit Reed, as well as, you know, someone who would want to come in and like take over a. Business
1: Right, like a hostile takeover type of character, yes,
0: yeah,
1: for my pick, I went with summer glow and I don't know if she i mean she's she's got a spotty um like her her current appearances are are spotty, but she is still doing television um most recently, I saw her in again, I think it was Arrow, where she takes over. It was either Queen or Palmer Tech. I can't remember.
0: I, I um, think it was Palmer Tech. Now that it, oh, you mentioned okay. it, because uh, Felicity
1: who, was in charge, and then boom, she comes in, and yeah, it's this whole deal. And I, I didn't love her her run on that, but I think she could do. I, I mean, what I'm envisioning is her going toe to toe with an Ian Summerholder Brit, and I think uh, I think in that dynamic with the right riders. Uh, she could definitely pull it off, plus she we 've seen that she has some uh some fighting chops at least in the shows that she 's done, like um, Firefly and um she was in that terminator television it was a, the Sarah
0: it's Sarah Conacher- 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 yeah. yeah
1: so she 's got some chops there um so if for some reason they wanted to go with a deeper storyline that would pit her up against brit or or uh, the Green Hornet and Cato, uh, she could be a force not just in the boardroom, but also, you know, maybe as a criminal empire of her own.
0: Sort of a um, kingpin of crime mixed with uh, a, a businesswoman. Yes. Yeah.
1: Totally. I, kinda, I, I can totally... Kind of like what they did with their own arrow, but maybe a little better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really, really grabbing that CW.
1: Yeah, again.
0: <laughs> the uh, next villain that I picked was from the episode called Praying Mantis. And the bad guy who the bad guy I picked would uh, square off against Kato. And he was a master of kung fu, Lo Sing, played by martial arts legend Mako. All right, what is this? Where's the money? I do not pay tribute to anyone. Chucky it! Mako's been in a lot of things, and, and the one thing that he kind of comes to mind, and I gotta I admit, I saw Mako in um, in, a, in a Jonathan Brandis film. I think that was him. I'm pretty sure he was the he was the Mr. Miyagi character for Sidekicks. Uh, oh Jonathan, yeah, probably,
1: probably. Johnny, I love and I love that movie because actually, my my sensei is in that movie. He's just kind of in the background though.
0: Your, like when they get Chuck when they Mars. get
1: to. Uh, when they get to the, the big tournament, he's be, he's standing behind Chuck Norris at one point. <laughs> so he doesn't get any actual screen time. But he's there, you could see him.
0: <laughs> I was so hoping you were gonna say that you, you had delusions of having Chuck Norris as your as your sensei. No,
1: no, no, <laughs> that would be be entirely too incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. My sensei is Chuck Norris. <laughs> and when he when he does push ups, uh he pushes the earth down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, um, they uh, they learned that they could bottle Chuck Norris's urine and sell it on uh, on the market as monster.
1: You know, and it's still going strong. Yeah, he
0: was in <laughs> Sidekicks.
1: He was the uh, the Mister Miyagi or Mister Lee.
0: All right, so um, our cast for Lo Sing. So um, who did who did you pick?
1: This is the one that I had the hardest time time with because I didn't want to just go straight Asian Asian, right? And so. <laughs> this is going to be maybe the most bizarre casting of my choices. I went with Jason David Frank from Power Rangers fame. <laughs> so I want, I want to take Tommy Oliver, make him a bad guy and pin him up against, you know, the analog for the greatest, one of the greatest martial artists of all time. What could go wrong? Hey,
0: would you put him in a green suit?
1: Oh yeah. Heck yeah, you would. <laughs> It's morphin time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like, he's he's kind of all over the place in terms of what he does, what he's done most recently, <laughs> surprise, surprise, uh, surprise appearances on the Power Rangers. So that's what <laughs> people know him for in television. And uh and you know like his his acting is kind of um all over the place but again uh playing off the camp i think that jason david frank would be great for it i think he he can tap into some darker stuff and i would really like to see it and i think he uh i think uh he's supposed to be slated uh to be blood was it bloodshot in uh ninjack versus the valiant universe whenever that's supposed to come come out but uh awesome Yeah. So I think that's kind of where he's leaning in in some of his uh, some of the roles that he's choosing going forward is is kind of this uh, darker, grittier type of thing. And so I think he would be a fun pick for that uh, since since we're making the SJWs mad with my choices anyways.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know, I I, I totally dig it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Plus, I want to see him and uh, Ian Summerholder like trading quips.
0: <laughs> so okay, so Milo Sing, um, I went ahead and stayed uh, on model with uh, Asian versus Asian. Sure, sure. Yeah, that sounds. That just sounds wrong.
1: <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, does. It does.
0: I went with Ian Anthony Dale. Yeah, so he was in Hawaii Five O. Uh, the new series from like two thousand ten to two thousand sixteen. I think he just looks like a low Sing. Yeah, I yeah. Don't you know, I, I I just kinda like I have to admit I just like closed my eyes and picked a guy.
1: <sighs> right. Well it, and he's, it, he's 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 a fairly tall dude, isn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's got
1: that imposing factor. Yeah, I can I can buy that for sure.
0: Yeah, it was it was either him or Ando from Heroes and I'm like, uh Ando looks too goofy to be oh right, right. guy. But yeah, so that's um, that's our picks for the Green Hornets reboot TV series. So um, Jesse, did you uh, did you come up with any kind of uh, thought or pitch or idea as to what a a Green Hornet TV series script or storyline or synopsis would be?
1: Um, it's pretty loose, but uh, you know, I mean, since since a good portion of my cast is kind of cw-esque anyways uh or, or straight out of the cw um <laughs> yeah I, I kind of i kind of envisioned it as as kind of starting off like a, like an arrow type uh situation where it, it's really where he's really blurring the lines of good guy bad guy you know like in in the original uh 60s series it's you know they, they, i I don't know it depends on the episode, but sometimes you just get this oh, he's a good guy vibe, you know, like um, I really like the episodes where they where they dial it up the fact that um the fact that he's supposed to be this quote unquote bad guy, and so that's the track that I would want season one to really take is is he's running from the cops as much as he's um trying to to stop crimes, so um even though he's got his in, you know, even though he's got his uh, was his Captain Lance. <laughs> he's got his Captain Lance <laughs> uh, informant guy. Um, you know, he's he's still doing that. And then kind of the crux of that first season would be kind of the Summer Glau character. Uh, and I kind of alluded to my pitch a little bit in when we were talking about her casting uh, in that that first that first season would probably pit the two of them uh, against each other, both in and out of the boardroom kind of thing where she's she's trying to uh you know be a direct competitor to to brit's um media empire but also seeking to kind of take it over uh whether through legitimate means or not so legitimate means maybe she's the one that employs Lo sing um you know once the green hornet has he's he's gotten involved one too many times I need to call in a professional kind of thing you know and then so Season one would be all about uh, kind of the battles between the two of them. Uh, you know, at the same time, they're just trying to fight crimes. But like the big bad would be the Sentinel. Awesome. And that would be her awesome. name. That would be her criminal name is the Sentinel, which, the Sentinel, which is oddly also the name of her company. So, <laughs> <laughs> Or no, no, the Sentinel is his company, isn't it? Yeah, that would be yeah. yeah, yeah. So that'd be, we'll yeah, just, we'll that'd just be more it. fun we'll, if you're like, I named my bad guy name after your company, Brit.
0: <laughs> that's why she needs the company because it's yeah. her evil <laughs> it's,
1: name. It's her name, and she can't stand that he has it.
0: It's all about branding. He, he, she wants it because <laughs> it's like when you go to sign up for Twitter and someone has the handle that you wanted, and now you have to fight the person. Oh, That's man, it. I'm
1: almost I'm almost rethinking my whole thing. Uh, but but again, I would be really mess I'd really be making SJWs mad because then like I'd recast her as a, instead of instead of a martial arts guy, make it Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> <laughs> Just make the entrepreneurial guru of now of nowadays, <laughs> make him the bad guy to face the, the one of the better pulp heroes of back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we'll stick with Summer <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Awesome. My pitch is, is, is a little close to, very much close to yours. Maybe because it's the two different uh, evil villains, bad guys that, that, that we pick, I picked. But mine, mine was more of a, um, a kind of a Daredevil kick from the, from the Netflix oh. Daredevil TV series. in the fact that my Lenore case, much like you, she's the main bad guy. And she would be more like a kingpin kind of thing. But like how Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin did everything behind the scenes and had this public face, definitely along those same lines where Sabrina Bradley is this like huge kingpin that the Green Hornet's is trying to take down. And Sabrina is just buying up companies and properties left and right. And she wants to buy the Sentinel, not for, you know, branding purposes. But uh, basically, because she she wants this huge empire of she's like a media mogul. She's she's trying to show a positive face, while in the back alleys she's you know she's running the the racketeering, the gambling. And, oh my God, she's uh, Disney. <laughs> she's just buying up all of her competitors. Exactly. So yeah, and then again, same thing. She could she could hire Loising or Loising could be like her one of her big henchmen or secondary lieutenants. You know
1: could even make like a low sing related to Kato somehow. And then you have that whole snake eyes versus storm shadow thing. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she hired him because he was the only one that knew Kato well enough to take him down. Awesome. <laughs> that's a little bit better than Jason David Frank. I'm going to say,
0: <laughs> I just wanted a power ranger. <laughs> and we could hire Ray, Ray Park to do all of the um, all of the stunts. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah! So yeah, that is the '60s reboot for the uh, Green Hornet. I want to thank you, Jesse, for uh, coming on and and covering this wonderful TV series with me. Um, so. All you listeners out there, if you've enjoyed this episode and you've enjoyed hearing Jesse, um, I'll go ahead and let Jesse tell you all the spots where you can find him.
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm I'm always excited to talk about Bruce Lee stuff. So this was, I've been excited about this. Um, You can find more of me at the Grawlix Podcast, which is GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Uh, you can you can tell me how wrong I am on the Twitters. Uh, you can find that. It's just, it's just my name. It's at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kiefer, K-I-E-F-E-R. Or you can find all the artwork and stuff that I do at my website, which is com, spelled just the same as my Twitter handle, with a dot com at the end. No <coughs> ampersand, or whatever that thing is. At symbol. We've been doing something new with the Grox podcast lately. And uh, Matt, you've been super involved in it. Uh, we've been doing the, a live lunch. Uh, we, we call it the lunchbox, the Grox Lunch lunchbox. And uh, it happens from 1 to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, so whatever time, you know, like that's a late lunch for some people. It's an early, you know, it's a normal lunch for other people. Uh, but it's been super fun. And we've been doing... We've been trying to do like a different theme each day, but we kind of just roll with it, and and it's kind of governed by whatever's happening in the chat room, and uh, it's been super fun. And you can find that at Castbox, um, which is not an app that I really knew much about until we started using it on the regular, but it's pretty cool. It's kind of like it's kind of like how Facebook Live videos work, but for podcasts. And. Like anybody can call in to the show, and it's all just kind of covered within the app, and uh, so it's been super fun, and and thank you for being involved in it. Uh, but that's another thing that you can check out uh, while while I'm thinking about it.
0: Totally, totally, and you know what? I actually switched over from um, Google Play to Castbox. So, um, oh, cool! If if there's a if there's a podcast that you like and uh, you can't find it um, anywhere else, try Castbox. see I just I didn't I did not send my stuff over to Castbox. I didn't like attach my feed or anything, but I just search for. Um, my podcasts to see if they were available through Castbox, and sure enough, they popped up. Yeah, it's it's it's. I really like the app. I really like the uh, the shows that you can get from Castbox. All my shows are available there as well. So, um, yeah. So Castbox, if you're listening to this, feel free to send me some money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you're not a sponsor, but I am more than happy to sponsor. I will shill out anything. <laughs> you may not be a sponsor
1: now but can change that they can yeah. change that cast box
0: Let's see what else can i get oh can i interest you in um in a, a timeshare Um, or, uh, how about, how about, uh, uh, a A guru
1: certification program or, or maybe Jasper's, uh, his subscription box. (laughs) (laughs) These are all inside jokes that, uh, you gotta, you gotta listen to lunchbox to understand, I guess. It's totally
0: inappropriate (laughs) to bring them up here. (laughs)